Yeah, took, uh, we're, took we're back with Julia. Yeah, um, Julia. Sorry to. Yeah, um, you you were saying about um, uh, fabrics and so forth, and uh, I was fascinated. Oh, it's been an epiphany. I mean, I, you know, I haven't been a buyer for a long time, but I, I know the value chain. I learned, you know, I learned the ropes, and and because I've been obviously doing this, I'm gone back and I'm I'm speaking to these fabric merchants, and oh my god, it's shocking, and and I'm. I'm saying to them, look, like, this isn't good enough. This fabric isn't good enough or that fabric's not. And they're saying, well, if you don't like it, everyone else is buying it. That's your problem. Mm. We don't have to sell it to you. You're only small. We don't blah, 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 blah. And I'm saying, yeah. okay, I don't want to buy it because it's rubbish. It's not It's not what we want from this. Yeah. And so and so, what I've done is we've managed to hook up with a couple of really good um, people and we're developing our own we're developing our own fabrics. We've developed. We've got a fantastic fabric at the moment. It's got graphene in it, so it's thermally oh, regulating. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's indestructible. You put it in the tumble yes. dryer. It's oh, like yeah. it's so soft. I mean, it's usually used in sportswear. So we've been working mm. with a um, with a manufacturer, and we we're the only people in the UK doing it. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's really good, and it and it lasts. And it's just, I'm just eliminating. I mean, the amount of fabrics I've eliminated and just gone that is just not good enough. It's it's rubbish. This is why everything is then ending up in landfill because it's just not good enough. Is it because it falls apart, or is it that uh, people buy it knowing perhaps they're going on holiday? And they might even leave it in the hotel when they come back. Well, they bring it back and they, oh, well, I've, I've used that for a couple of weeks, throw it away. I actually think they're leaving it in the hotel yeah. for two reasons. One, it didn't cost very much in the first place. Yeah. And then they look at it after they've worn it on the beach or out a couple of times and got sangria down the front of it. And they've gone, <laughs> I'll never get that out and it'll never be the same again. But it's because yeah. the raw materials, the raw materials, everything has been about price for the last 20 years. You know, And I'm guilty of feeding that You know, my job with my role at Tesco. It's a, everything's been driven by price and the and the – and the guts have been knocked out of it, and it's. And then mm. what's happening now is everyone's trying to do eco-friendly fabrics, so they're yeah. using using recycled raw materials or, or doing things. And most of it is absolute. It's, it's either greenwashing or it's absolutely rubbish in terms of its performance. So what we're oh, trying yeah. to we're trying to do is say like let's take some deep let's make a decent fabric in the first place that lasts i mean some of them are very expensive and you can't you can't you know you just can't afford to do it but let's develop things that are sustainable using materials that 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 will last like graphene yeah i think i mean you mentioned greenwashing there and it's a i guess it's a tricky subject but i think right the way through the supply chain for the manufacturer even perhaps before that, from the you know sourcing materials, it's a responsibility for everybody in the chain. I, I had um, uh, a guest on, and we were talking about this, and it's kind of like, well, whose sustainability and whose responsibility is it? And I think it's a lot of it is down to certainly the retailer to educate. Because I, what do you think about people's um, desire to be more eco-friendly or sustainable? And I'd say, by the way, that I don't know exactly what those terms mean because they get banded around, you know, and used, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to uh, refer to all sorts of things, I think. But we kind of know what we mean. Do you think that people, they want to, but it's 
kind of too difficult for them? Yeah, it should be made easier. I think I think it should be made easier, but I think it's so it's so complex and so diverse. Yeah, you know, sort of associating, um, you know, recycled fabrics with climate change and and how does it is so confusing um Mm. my my view of it is which is where i'm trying to look at it down different from the different end of the telescope is to say if you made a decent product in the first place yeah you wouldn't need to recycle it because it could be recycled um c to c yes you could you could move it on to um another consumer um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to, or you'd repair it a bit, a bit like back in the old days when you used to put patches on your knitwear when you, yep. you school, yeah, you know things like that. I'm not saying that that's extreme, but it, just stop making all the the rubbish and the and the greenwashing. And you hear, I don't know if you've heard this story where there's a factory making plastic bottles in, I think it was in China, and then the factory next door is using recycled plastics. And they're taking the bottles that have never been used because they're making the bottles, melting them down, and then claiming that it's recycled plastics, which in effect <laughs> it is, but the recycled plastics haven't left. Yeah. So, I'm I mean. Just, yeah, I'm just, uh, whilst you're talking, I'm just uh, looking, I'm just checking. You, you talk about, you know, landfill work. And I I was um, at uh, uh, speaking at which conference? I think it was IRX at uh, NEC earlier this year. I had a guest on, and um, we were talking about this. And the, I said, well, just look at the Atacama Desert in Chile. Yeah, you... Uh, I've, used you, pitch, I've, used, I've used a picture in one of, and yeah, a reference in one, of my, in one of my decks. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So well, what is it, 40? I'm just trying to... Uh, it says here, just Google it again. 741 acres of clothing junkyards. I think it's 40 million tonnes we dump there. And of course, there are other sites around the world and, and, and what have you. Um, so it, it's a, it's and going back, you know, to what I said about the making it easier. Yeah, I, I just uh, think that um, people need to um, need to have an easier way. I mean, I yeah, I tried to tell you if, it, if it's an old T-shirt which I only spent you know whatever on. I try and turn it and repurpose it into something else rather than putting it, you know, in the bin or, or what have you. Mm. Because you get to the point where you think that's not good enough to go to a charity shop. So I can't give it because it's, it's, it's past its, you know, sell by all this to this. It's, it's old and I've used it for the gardening or doing the car or whatever. So I try to repurpose it. But then there's still times when you think, well, what do I do with this? It's just going to go in the bin. Mm. But I want an easier, an easier way. And maybe this is UK. Maybe other countries do it slightly differently. Yeah, I think I think also. I mean, if it's a if it's a natural fiber, it's easier to um, it, it's easier to dispose of, you know, because it would decompose yeah. and like cotton would yeah. decompose. But then cotton's a really um, dirty, you know, dirty. It uses a lot more water, doesn't it, to grow? Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not organic cotton is easier. But then there's greenwashing around that, and you you just can't tell. And it's so difficult to to really measure the value chain because a lot of it is you know, confidence in who's supplying it and believing what they yeah. say. Yeah. So I, I I think I mean if we can move away from more synthetic fibres that take, you know, thousands of years to decompose, then 
that would help. But I, I, to me, it all start, it starts with two things. It starts with the fabric and it starts with the fit. If you get those right. two things right, and people, people, I've had people say to me, but if you make less because you're, you know, because what you're trying to mm. do is reduce the consumption, if you make less, then you're going to, you know, get loads of people are going to end up with, with no, no jobs, no work. But, the point is, it's all going to move to automation anyway. I mean, there's already oh. robots making, you know, robots have make, been making cars for years. It's yes. moving that way. I spent some time up in Manchester and at the university there. And, it, you know, the 3D printing is really progressing. They're making accessories up there, you know, um, like a chainmail handbag that, that I saw up there. And so it's progressing rapidly. So it's going... And it, so, it, therefore, if you can make less is more, if you can make, produce really good sustainable fabrics that are, you know, prob- probably less recycled and more just, you know, better for the planet, better quality, make them durable, make the clothes that fit because you use, it's easier to make them to fit because you're using better fabrics, less consumption, but people are going to have to pay more for a, a new T-shirt or a new, rather yeah. than... Yeah, and then you reduce the consumption. You reduce the size of your wardrobe. You reduce the, and then and then you see you'll see things like in the growth of um, C to C or um, other forms of you know of renting and yeah. um, selling on. And and I think that it's got to be a mindset. It really has. Do you think on renting? Do you think uh, yeah, that and, and uh, whatever we call it pre love second hand or do you think that that is really going? Because I saw something not so long ago, although. I think it was the research. No, it, no, the research, I think, was sourced from global data. So they wouldn't have had a hidden agenda, but it was for some uh, an outfit who did. But it said that I think by 2030, the size of the second-hand fashion market will be double the size of the current fast fashion market. I hope so. Yeah. I, I really hope so. But if you think, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know how, how old you are, but I've got two sisters. We used to... We used to wear hand-me-downs and they were passed yeah. on and then they were passed on to my cousins or we received them from other cousins. And I'm not saying everything was like that, but probably a third of our wardrobe was. Um, so yeah. we, we used to do that in the 70s. So what's stopping us going back to that? Um, Instagram. <laughs> oh, I, that's a oh, well. Don't even get me. That's a whole another subject because personally, I was I met with these two really young engineers today from Dublin for this company, a tech company that I'm talking to, and I said to them, "Oh, this generation, please give us. We need to get away from this because I, I actually see it now. Nobody's making any money out of it. It's just it's vacuous. Mm. It takes the time up, and." It, it's got to move on. It has, something's got to, something's got to give. I don't know what it is because I'm not up there, and but it, something's got to give. It's it's so dull. It's so dull to work with as well. Well, I, I've I always thought that if the industry won't self-regulate itself, then something needs to happen from outside the industry. In other words, so I went on um, is a brand you mentioned. I won't repeat in, in part one of this. Uh, and for an, a piece I was writing, I went on their website and I ordered, I think deliberately, uh, five items in different sizes of, no, yeah, five of about four different items, different SKUs. So as it, I told my basket was about 20. I obviously didn't check out. I was just seeing if it would allow me to do that. And of course it did. And at no time in that process 
because I, I half expected that there'd be kind of like a, a pop-up or something saying, are you sure? You know, or think of the planet or something like nothing. Yeah. It would have let me do that. And I just think that, yeah, if they, you know, of course, you know very well why it doesn't happen because, of course, the uh, if we take returns again, usually, not always, but usually your best customers are your highest returners. And and so who is going to blink first? Yeah. And I don't quite know what the answer is. This is why I say it. if the industry doesn't self-regulate, then surely through legislation something needs to be to be done. Many years ago, it's it, it, it is, and it is changing that paradigm shift, the psychology yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. But interestingly, years ago, and this, you know, it's not relevant data now, but fig leaves, we did a piece of work on returns rates and we looked at specific customers and who were high spending customers and then we looked at their returns rates. Yeah. And we had we had customers who it was quite funny we, this was the worst case. We had a customer who had spent about 1300 pounds over a period of 7 6 7 years. I mean that was a oh, right. sizable amount on lingerie if you imagine but yep. it, um when we looked at it further, she'd spent about £1,300 and had returned £1,278. And we're talking about, oh, I hope she hadn't worn it. And, well, well, oh, that, well that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Um, and she, she uh, I actually spoke to the woman, actually, and um, yeah. she returned most of it. And the other thing, when we looked a bit deeper, everything she had bought had been bought in in sale time so not only was it so it was loss making and then she'd returned it so um we contacted her and said you know you you've spent a lot of money with us but you've returned yeah. a lot what what's the story yeah and uh, because we're going to have to stop giving you free returns rates now you're going to have to pay we, we are mm. doing this as an organization she kicked off alarmingly i'm one of your best <laughs> customers well, actually, no, you're not. So uh, I went to the board with – there was a few yeah. of them. And I went to the board and they said, just shut them off. I'll take my business elsewhere. Off you go then. And yeah. I, But I, what I don't know is I don't know how – retailers must be looking at that. I'm, I mean, I'm out of touch with that. Yes. But but they must be looking at that. You'd um, hope so. Yeah. You'd hope so. But you're, but you're uh, absolutely right. If you, I know I know. sometimes when I shop, I put a load of things in my basket. And when it actually goes to the basket, I take – I take them out because, I, you know, I need to bring it back down to a reasonable selection. Yeah. And there should – you're right. There should be some warning up and you say that, you know, whether it be an environmental issue, you know, environmental warning or, or a warning to your credit card company. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Or, or something that says, uh, it looks like you're on your third glass of wine. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. All joking aside, I'm sure – yeah, a lot of that uh, happens. Yeah, I, and again, retailers will know their peak times, obviously, for uh, uh, online shopping. And uh, I'd imagine it's quite often. Is it, was it nine in the evening? Is, is a, is a, yeah, Monday a nights. Are, Monday nights are always a good. A good Sundays yeah. and Mondays uh, yeah. are online shopping. Whereas it used to be traditionally, right. if you go to the stores, it was a Friday and a Saturday, wasn't it? It's Sunday yeah. nights and Monday nights are online shopping peaks. Yeah. Right. Mm. Listen, Julia, that's so okay. great. We, we didn't plan this, but we've got another episode there, which is fantastic. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Julia Reynolds. All right. Thank you.